Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, last night in Missoula was, um, I guess, much ado about nothing. Not quite nothing, but it was a big buildup to not a lot of payoff. Uh, primarily hinging on the fact that you and I were both sitting there. They roll the ball out there. The starters take off their warm-ups. And number 10 is not walking out on the floor for Weber State, that being Jarek Harding, who we spent quite a bit of time actually yesterday sort of singing the praises of and building the excitement for both of us uh, on on watching him play, you know, in person once again, and then did not get that opportunity. Uh, we talked with Randy Ray, the head coach of Weber State, after the game, talked about the fact that this was uh, injury-related. He said this is something that they've been sort of been building up to for a while. He had a bad ankle. He well, broke of, his foot initially. Yeah, he broke his ankle, broke his foot, right? And got re-sprained got back ankle. and sort of has been playing through it, but the stress kind of gave him some shin splints. And then, you know, he's all, he's asymmetric running around, fighting through it, playing a bunch of minutes. I mean, 37, 38 minutes of yeah, a game. 38 minutes a game and in now play. his back is not is not what it needs to be. And it's, it's just sort of a, a, a preponderance of physical issues. But he ends up not playing. Meanwhile, the Montana Grizzlies had clearly circled, highlighted, and circled again this basketball game where they were going to send a message. First of all, I don't think Travis Secure has been happy with the defense in general that Montana has been playing in terms of he he pays very much attention to how much above or below the average of their opponent do they hold the, the other team. And uh, recently, they've been giving it up. In term, just in terms of points, I don't know if they've been playing "quote unquote" bad defense, but not the defense I think that Coach DeCure would like them to be playing. And to go ahead and go against what was going to be Jarek Harding and Weber State, who would beat them in overtime in Ogden, they were ready to rock and roll. And when Jarek Harding didn't go out there, it took about—I mean, I think it was eleven to ten—very early in the basketball game. 
And then Montana opened up a double-digit lead in short order, order, and the game was O-V-E-R. Ten minutes into the first half, if that. And, I mean, to hear Randy Ray talk, you, you may have been over before they even rolled the ball out there to throw to, to jump it. 72-37 the final of this basketball game. The lowest number of points that Montana has held a Big Sky Conference opponent to since 1976. I mean, we are talking about 45 years yeah. that a team hasn't scored 37. Yeah, Judd Heathcote's last season. And look, I understand Jarek Harding not being out. That's That colors this whole thing, no question. But Cody John, you and I both think is a really good player. He was anemic. I mean, there, he could do nothing, and there was nobody else on that team. I looked up, and they, I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, still, it's still 18? It's still 22? Like, in the second half? I mean, what? Wow. There's so much to say about this game. First of all, I think that Montana was ready to roll in this game. They played with more intensity defensively one through seven in their rotation than they have all year. I thought that their defensive scheme was tremendous. When they are challenged and they are have familiarity with the opponent, it's pretty striking. And I think that that's one thing where having a coach who's been there for 14 years in Randy Ray to be sort of a disadvantage when you play a team like the Grizz, because if you know what the other team's doing offensively, like imagine when, when Montana plays NAU this year, it's different because it's a yeah. brand new coach. They've only played them once. Right. Idaho, it's different what they're doing on offense. Montana State, it's different because it's all new coaches. Weaver State's motions and all the stuff that they run, I mean, it's very tried and true. It's from the Stu Morrill book of X's and O's. For and sure. Ray Ray worked for Stu Morrill for how long? 18 years before? Yeah, didn't 14, I 14, think. 14, yeah. and now he's been a Weaver for 14. So he's been running the same stuff for nearly 30 years. Yeah. And Weaver's been running the same stuff for a really long time, too. But Montana, the anticipation last night, they knew exactly where they were going to be. Weaver State, I mean, they got what? Three shot clock violations in the first half? And then Four more forced shots from one second. Yes, yes, yes. They were completely. Montana was playing such suffocating defense. There was a a portion of the, I guess it was probably five minutes in the game, where Montana nearly forced a shot clock violation. Michael Kozak hoisted a three that went off the back of the rim. Weaver gets the offensive rebound, and then Montana almost forces a second shot clock violation. They smothered Weaver for nearly 60 full seconds. Yes, they did. Then that was that's how hard Montana was ready to play. On the other hand, though, after seeing Weaver live and in person, when the season first started, we talked about maybe this lingering thought that Weaver State is taking a step back as a program. They didn't finish outside the top three in the Big Sky standings. The first 10 years of Ray Ray's career, the only exception being the 2014 season when Jeremy Sanglin broke his jaw and he missed 12 games and Weber had to scrap their way to get to the 12 seed or the four start over, the eight seed. Mm. And then they lost to Montana in overtime. But Sanglin, the, the Grizz were the host that year and Sanglin was back for that game what? and you could see the talent. Yeah. But let me ask you this. How many great players does Montana have this year? Great players. I mean, not not guys with potential, not guys that are doing a good job are, filling the role. That, that are great players. Done right now. They're great players. I mean, I, I would say two and perhaps three. And, and Timmy falls when he's really good. Timmy falls when he's really good. He's, he's almost a great player, right? And, and and he he is a very good player. Yeah. But Timmy falls is he's, he's he's a great number three. He's right? he's 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 he is at times great. 
Right. And and and, 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 and if he's and if he's your number side, three, yeah. if he's your number three, that's really good, right? right? Sure. But if he was your number five, it'd be even better, right? Of course. Said Pridgett and Kendall Manuel are great yep. players. Yep. Said Pridgett is an exceptional player. Said Pridgett is an all-time great player. Yep. Said Pridgett, I think, moved into eighth all-time in school history last night in scoring. Said Pridgett did whatever he wanted. But what I'm saying here, though, is what we watched last night. Montana's the number one team in the league. Yep. I agree they have two great players. Weaver State, without Jared Carding, has no great players. With Jared Carding, Cody John can be a great player, but it's very much like Timmy Falls. He's a great role player. He has to be around other guys. And I'm not demeaning these guys. That's just what basketball is. Yeah. But that's the that is the state of the league right now. The reason the league has been so even top to bottom is there isn't any team that doesn't have one great player. There's only a couple that have two, but no one has four or five. Look at the picture behind you. There's five great players in that. Yeah. And that's not including Bobby Moorhead, who in his own right is a great player. Yeah. Usually the top three teams in the league have four to five great players. Usually when you watch Montana play Weber, like last year when you watch Montana play Weber, Jared Harding's fully healthy, Cody John's fully healthy. There's yeah. just a bevy of options. you got Bre- Brecket Chapman and yep. Zach Braxton, and yep. then the Grizz have all their dudes. Yep. You're talking about you have eight of the 14 or 15 best guys right. in the league okay, on the court. Okay, so what's your question? So, so, no, my, my, well, I was asking you how many great players. Oh, yeah, I, I was right, just saying right. that this is the state of the league right now. Yeah. But also, I think twofold. One, what Ray Ray said I thought was spot on. Weaver was completely demoralized. I think they were equally as shocked when Jerry Carding was not announced in the starting lineup. And they they brought nothing last night. Yep. They they played hard for four minutes and then they gave up. You're right. And 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 I think that's a part of this. Like if we're talking about just last night's game, this is that team without Jerry Harding was far worse last night than I would expect him to be, say, on Saturday, even if Jerry Harding isn't there. Yes. And also, though, you have to account for the fact that he is one of the most high-usage players in the entire country. Absolutely, He's the sixth-leading scorer in the entire country. And Cody John, again, Cody John's the off-ball guard. He needs Harding to do everything that he does to get all the open shots that Cody John gets. Michael Kozak is a pretty average player, but if he's playing with Jarek Harding, he's going to get four open threes a game, and he can sure. score 10 to 12 points. But on the other hand, though, the narrative that Weber State has regress as a program after seeing them live in person, even with Harding's injury, even with the stuff that Cam Davis has gone through all year, all the stuff that we've talked about. We've talked about we were saying quite a bit on the show. They've taken a huge step back as a program. They're yeah. not the same. The, even the guys that do have the baseline talent, they don't have the level of engagement. Israel Barnes was irrelevant last night. Uh, this we, is exactly what I wanted to talk about because Israel Barnes, when he was a freshman, he, he showed went, flashes. Whoa, right. here's the next dude for the right. Weber State Wildcats. In an absolute blowout, he can't get on the floor. I mean, he did ultimately play 24 minutes, scored three points. And by the way, him and everybody else, nobody even scored double digits for Weber State. Not one player. Their highest score was Tim Fuller, okay, who had eight points. I thought Kozak, He's good, actually. Though. I thought Kozak showed some flashes as a yeah. young guy. But <laughs> First of all, tangent. Go ahead. Kozak. Yeah. If you're Randy Ray and you think that the good the, the best strategy you got is to guard Saeed Pridget one on one with Michael Kozak, that's either you have nothing defensively or that's just a bad idea. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to get 25 points. Saeed Pridget got buckets last night. He had how many field goals did he make? 11 or 12? Yeah, he was, I will tell you. And it was against, it was all against one on one coverage. 11 to 17, 25 points. Kendall Manuel, by the way, 8 of 12 from the field for 20. Uh, 
21 points for Kendall Manuel. So both of them scored way over their shot attempts, which is one metric you can use to sit, talk about efficiency. Hugely efficient offensively for those two guys who combined for 46. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. I've just seen Weber so often throughout the years, and they've always had one of the headline players in the conference. They still do. He just didn't happen to play last night. But all their role players have been so good. Guys from Scott Banforth to Kyle Tresnick to, I mean, on down the line, they've had so many supporting players that are so good, and they just didn't have it last night. And maybe so, a part of it was the attitude, but I just, I just think that there's there's – you can't blame any struggle on one specific thing, even if it is injury. Travis DeCure sort of called out Weaver State last night when we asked him about Jerry Carding. He said, well, we had Jamar Coast scratched two minutes before tip three times last year. Once it was against Arizona, okay, uphill sledding. The Grizz won the other two of those games. So that was a, sort of a underlying jab. All I'm saying is that there's more than just the injury situation at Weaver. When you're watching the guys that they have on the court, they're just not the caliber of talent, yeah. and they're not the caliber of aggressiveness that we're used to seeing out of a Weaver team. You're, you're right. And, I mean, you, Cam Davis, we, we know what's going on with him a little bit. And, again, a, a guy who they have in as a transfer that they expect to be, you know, another major, major option, a starting forward, and then he doesn't play a game, you know, that also throws the season off. But, yeah, in general, I agree with you. Let's hear. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, from a couple of the uh, uh, players and coaches in this game uh, from last night. First of all, Kendall Manuel crossed the 1,000-point threshold for his college career. That includes his time at Oregon State and Montana in, uh, well, very fine fashion on a two-footed jump and dunk, which looked like there was no chance he was going to go up and even try to dunk it. Just looked like Kendall Manuel was going to do what he does, which is often go to the hoop, kind of lay it in, be a little bit more finesse. He went up there and hammered it. Here's what he had to say about that dunk. I had my adrenaline going, and I feel more confident, I guess, after that Idaho game. I had a nice dunk there, too, and so I just feel more aggressive. And Coach Flo is actually the one that's, that was telling me, hey, man, you got to quit double clutching. Just go dunk stuff because I do do it in practice until – uh, coming out here, he was like, hey, man, just just put it out there. So that was the result, I guess. That got the crowd going for sure. I did not uh, realize at that moment that that was his thousandth career point. So that's a very cool way to do it as well. By the way, Saeed Pridgen had a pretty good hammer uh, as well on a uh, over-the-shoulder-behind-himself over the pass from uh, Timmy Falls. 
The thing that I thought was most telling, though, out of this game in terms of the, the post-game comments were the following two from uh, Kendall Manuel and Saeed Pritchett just talking about going against Weber State. And, you know, the obvious thing is they didn't have Jarek Harding, so what did you think about, you know, going about, you know, playing this game? Clearly you smelled a little blood in the water. Here is Kendall Manuel. We wanted him to play, honestly. Right. Uh, we, we felt like we owed them one, and that he wasn't there, so he didn't, he didn't get to be part of it, but... I think we send a message for sure. That's, that, that's why it's frustrating they didn't play because Montana, you could tell even in pregame warmups, were they were ready to send a message, and the message falls a little bit flat when the leading scorer in the league doesn't play. Absolutely, and when he says we wanted him to play, but he didn't get to be a part of this. I mean, that's such a that's so cold blooded. I mean, that's such a great statement to make. Where like. Don't talk to me about what would have been, should have been. What would have been is he would have been out there and experienced the same demoralization that his teammates experienced today. Thank you very much. By the way, Saeed Pridget uh, on basically the same sort of line about stopping Weber State. We kind of were upset about Harding breaking history on us when we were at their house, and we didn't want that to happen. So we kind of came out defensively, letting, trying to let him know that we weren't having that this time. But it sucks that we couldn't play against because we wanted to show that we can guard some of the best players. Because a lot of guys have good performances on us, and we're not having that anymore. When he talks about uh, Jerry Harding making history, that he passed Damian Lillard on Weaver's all-time scoring list that yeah. night. I know that's something that probably stuck in the craw of Syed Pridget more than anybody because uh, Syed Pridget's from the Bay Area, so is Damian Lillard. If you noticed after the game, we interviewed Randy Ray after he got done with the Weber State in-house interview, and he was great, as he always is. But then he stayed on the court, and he talked for a while to a gentleman that was in Montana gear. Well, I I put two and two together. That's Saeed Pridget's dad. We talked to Saeed for a while after the game, off the record, too, and he was saying, I said, was it good to show out in front of your pops, 25 points in front of your old man? He's like, oh, man, my dad never told me I had a good game, but nothing's ever good enough for him. (laughs) Well, he said, my choice in college came down to Montana and Weaver State, and Coach Ray and my family are really close still, and my dad and him are still friends. And so I think that Saeed Pridget had some little extra, too. When you talk about Montana's defense, Timmy Falls is always going to be the head of the snake, certainly. They need the energy guys like Jared Samuelson and Derek Carter Hollinger and Mac Anderson to to bring the energy. But if Montana, the difference between Montana being, I mean, Montana's always going to be above average defensively just because of the identity of their program. Yeah. But for them to be the, the elite and to be the best version of themselves, it's about two guys. It's about Kendall Manuel and Syed Pridget. We've talked about this recent trend of some of the best players in the league going for their career highs against Montana. Why? On the way into the stadium last night, I was listening to Travis DeKear's pregame show with Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, and I thought Travis said he he answered the question for us finally. He said, I, I got two questions for you. He said, he said Riley, what, what was our record in the games that those guys won off? And Riley said, well, 4-1. and one. He said, and Jordan Davis, Tyler Hall, Bogdan Bolizna, Jared Carding are the four leading scorers in the history of the Big Sky Conference, right? Riley said, yep. Said those guys probably average about twenty eight points per game against the Grizzlies, right? I said yes, sir. Said how many banners those guys got? Zero. Travis said, "This day and age of college basketball, if you're going to be a high usage guy, you're going to take twenty five shots a game. You're probably going to score twenty eight to thirty points. What are you giving up on the other end?" He said, "That's what we worry about. If this guy's going to take twenty five shots and score twenty eight to thirty five points, great. We're going to get him back for that many points or more on the Mm -hmm. other end." 
And at the end of the day, like Travis said, I'm not about to have anybody in my program shooting 25 shots a game. So the numbers are just empty except for the one number who wins. Well, and I thought here, here's the other thing, too, that I thought was telling about the pieces that we heard from from Saeed Pritchett and Kendall Manuel. This isn't lip service. Like you always say, right, well, we want to play the best. You know, we don't want to have anybody injured, whatever, whatever. Genuine disappointment that Jarek Harding was not playing last night. Truly upset about this fact because they wanted all of it. Because they expected going into this game to be giving all of it back. And and that is something that I think is rarer than people think. Like I think the a presumption is that all these teams have this mentality and so forth. I think Travis DeCure is the start and the finish of instilling a uh, uh, a mentality into this team that goes, no, no, no. Put everybody on the floor, and we are going to work on you. And and I, I think that's remarkable. Like I, I don't think I think there's a lot of teams that if Jarek Harding wasn't playing, they would be like, oh, awesome. See, this I, is great news. And Montana was having none of it, and and it was sincere. They were very. They were not happy that that's the way that went last night. I was talking to one of my boys who went to school here, University of Montana. He lives out in Portland. Before I was called him on the way into the game, and and uh, he said, "Hey, I'm gonna throw a last minute bet down on the on the <laughs> Weaver game." He's like, "It's Grizz by seven. I think that's too big of a spread, though. What should I take? Should I take Weaver to cover?" I said, "No, bet the house on the Grizz." He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I guarantee you the Grizz are gonna win this game." He said, what, but are they going to win or are they going to run away with that? I said, I guarantee it doesn't matter. And I didn't know Jerry Cardi wasn't playing this time. I said, I guarantee you they're going to destroy Weber. He said, why? I said, because they lost to him in overtime last time. It was almost 100% guarantee in my mind they were going to win that game yeah. last night. And then the moment you saw him in warm-ups, you knew. And yeah. it's, it's the most elusive thing in sports, finding your top level all the time. I don't actually think it's possible. So then the most elusive thing becomes finding your best level when the when it matters the most, but last night's game was so reminiscent of the Big Sky tournament game between these two teams last year in the semifinals, and in, that's why those guys wanted Jerry Carding to play because in that game, how many points did Jerry Carding have? Right, six. Right, they were all up in his drawers, and yep. he didn't make any difference at all, and yep. and it even it accentuated the exclamation point that was that victory, and so I think that those guys, they really did, they were genuinely disappointed that he didn't play. Last piece of sound for you. This is Travis DeCure talking about the defense that they've been playing and actually what it meant on both ends. No question. Um, other than this game, Eastern Washington's only game that we've held an opponent under 40% and shot over 50. Uh, and so playing on both sides of the ball has been an issue for us. Uh, and it's important to find that balance if we're going to continue to win here down the stretch. You know, holding your opponent to under 40% while you, in turn, shoot over 50%, pretty good recipe for a W, and they certainly had that last night. But like you said, Coulter, and, they, and well, I really like they said, you know, they've ha- they've got on a string where there's been some individual players that have scored and really some teams that have scored on them, even in victories for Montana, and that came to a screeching halt last night uh, for multiple reasons. So the Grizzlies go ahead, and they are now 11-3. and three. And then, with an upset in Cheney, Washington last night, the Idaho Vandals, who tried their best to blow a 24-point lead in the second half, held on for, was it a three-point win or a four-point win, ultimately? Three-point win, 74-71. Over Eastern Washington. And so one of the bottom dwellers, but a team that's been so tough, finally does have a breakthrough. And you did you got to feel good for Idaho to get that win, especially when they had such a huge lead. But Eastern 
who had been 9-3, and three, falls to 9-4. and four. They are tied now with Northern Colorado, who also won last night. So both Northern Colorado and Eastern are 9-4, and four, a Northern- game and a half back from just knocking We're signs off over. of this thing. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, opportunity big. <laughs> Free exposure. We'll get, we'll get that sorted out. Uh, we, we, uh, uh, but they are, uh, Montana, a game and a half now ahead of those two teams for the top spot of the Big Sky Conference, and uh, and that's the biggest margin that they've had uh, this season. So I think that's you know an important swing right there. And now Idaho State uh, coming to Missoula. Montana State, by the way, Got the win over Idaho State last night. They, they tried to move. blow it too. Yeah, they did. They, they eighteen points. They got it done. They move ahead uh, of five hundred. They're seven and six on the season. They are tied right now for four spot man in the Big Sky Conference with that win. So uh, you know we'll we'll get to more of this throughout the course of the show, but certainly uh, uh, you know <laughs> worth noting where we're at. We'll keep going with some Big Sky Conference talk right after. What this. we talked about earlier in the week and what we're going to get into after this is exactly what we were discussing is on the horizon, and that is despite all the close games in the league for the first twelve games of the league season. Almost every result went as expected. There was hardly any upsets. Well, now it's upset time. That's right. You never know when Eastern Washington is just going to not show up. So you talk about destroyed by Sac State last night. Yeah, yeah. This is the time now all of a sudden when things get turned on. I said NAU's been good. And Northern Colorado won by 40 last two, night. Two of the top four teams in the conference by you know by record loss last night. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that, Montana State, and uh, some of the women's stuff next. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Colter, we spent a lot of time on the Montana-Weber game. But Montana State, they got a 73-69 win over Idaho State. They were up big in this game, and then they weren't. And it looked like it might start to slip away. Idaho State actually won the second half by 8 points, 40-32. to But the Bobcats hold on. They moved to above 500, and that coupled with the loss by Southern Utah, which we talked about yesterday, the perfect storm for the Cats is that they get this win and and uh, Southern, U- uh, Southern Utah loses to, uh, was it NAU that they played? Sacramento play? State. Oh, Sac State, excuse me. And 70 then, to 55. And no then, show by, NAU by Southern Utah at Sac State. Losing to uh, Northern Colorado. And so those two things happened N- last night N- for NAU, MSU. NAU just walking the plank. 84 to 52. No, excuse me. 84 54. 30 points on the dot. I mean, that's there's some blowouts last night in the league, no doubt about it. So uh, last night, by the way, for Montana State, they uh, end up with Amin Adamu leading the Amen. Ch- Amen. Thank you. Sorry. we I, I just corrected you because we both uh, had that wrong, and then I asked Coach Briggle yeah. about it last night. Amin Adamu, 20 points. 
Jabril Bello getting into it finally. 18 points. Harold Frey, 17. And even DK, Devin Kirby getting into double digits with 10. But when you have three guys that are going 17, 18, and 20, that's excellent even scoring uh, from from those three guys. And if they get that sort of output, they usually have a pretty good night. And uh, Montana State certainly did. And now they await Weber State tomorrow. But they get to 7-6. and six, And they are now sitting tied with Southern Utah for the fourth spot of the Big Sky Conference. Stat line of the night, Jonah Radaba, who now Northern Colorado is playing on the ball. Yeah. 13 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds. Wow. Northern Colorado shot 57%. They're 14 of 25 from 3. That's how you beat a team by 30. Last night was a fascinating night in the league. The Grizz game was over a little earlier. There's two games going on. So Montana's game went quickly, which is rare. There was not a foul called for like the first seven minutes of the game. How great was that last It was so great. Wonderful. Let them play a little bit. Imagine that. A, a crew that is familiar with the league. It's a good crew last night. It was a great crew. And they were, they were three recognizable faces. So yep. they, they had been in Dahlberg Arena before. Yep. They had refed both these teams before. It just it makes such a difference, man, and it was it was a beautiful thing to watch. But last night, I thought there was a lot of thing. I mean, last night you saw the egg that Eastern can lay when when things aren't going well. I thought that the body language element of the game was very interesting. Kim Aiken, as we know, can be one of the biggest X factors in the league. He plays with such emotion. He was like the Sloop John B last night. He was not doing anything. It was so weird watching him. He was playing with like no energy. At the end, they got one last shot. It was like a half-court heave with like two seconds left. But he had Jack Perry up in the corner. And when the shot went awry, nobody ran over and gave Kim Aiken nucks or a hug or anything like that. Jack Perry was kind of jawing at him as he was walking off the court. Everybody else just beat feet. It was It was really weird. To watch Eastern. Trayvon Allen is going to give it to a couple teams before this is all said and done. Yeah. Idaho is not going to finish with three league wins. They're going to win a couple more games. They're not going to really be able to inch up the standings more than maybe a spot or two. Yeah. But Trayvon Allen is not going out without a fight, man. This guy, I love this guy. He's up to number 11 in the country in scoring. He had 32 points last night. He's had 30, his first two 30-point games over the last, th- what, three outings yeah. of his senior year. So... He himself is going to be a disruptor. Regard, I mean, obviously, Idaho is not a contender to win any sort of anything of any sort of significance, but they could ruin some stuff of significance for other teams, certainly. Yeah. So uh, I thought that it was a bad effort by Southern Utah last night. You can't just no show at Sac State. That's a game that you got to win, especially when you have had some good wins under your belt. You can't no show like Weber State did, even if you are missing your best player. You can't no-show like NAU did, and you can't no-show against the last-place team in the league when you're at home like Eastern Washington did. So I just thought it was very interesting that several teams that certainly are in the mix just straight up didn't bring it last night. But this is what we're always talking about. And we can talk all about the X's and O's and player rotations and recruiting and all that stuff when it comes to coaching. But the thing that I think is Travis DeCure's best trademark as the head coach of the University of Montana – When's the last time you left a Grizz Big Sky basketball game and you say, man, the Grizz just didn't play that hard tonight? Yeah, the only 
the only time in this conference season where I look at it and go, man, they they weren't really ready to go here for whatever reason, was like the first half of the Portland State game in Portland. Right. But that didn't last the game. I mean, they came right. roaring back. They they lost by seven, but I think they were down by 26, maybe? I mean, they were down, down by well over 20 right. uh, at some point in that game. So, yeah, y- you're absolutely right because I wanted to ask you this. Montana got absolutely up for a game that then they pounded Weber State last night. Now they're going against a team that has lost, hello, nine in a row in the Idaho State Bengals. And Coach DeCure said, hey, look, Idaho State, when we were there, they beat us the first four minutes of the second half. They beat us the last four minutes of the second half. They pushed us, made it uncomfortable down the end. We know we got to be ready to go. You'd say all that. Nobody thinks that this is anything but a W for the University of Montana tomorrow night in Dahlberg Arena, and that can be a dangerous thing. And yet that seems to be the trap that Montana never falls into, the very one that Eastern Washington fell into last night. And maybe you point to that if you're Travis Segure. Oh, you think you think this is all good? How about getting down by 24 points to the, to the last team in the league like Eastern Washington did, you know? I mean, Idaho State is is the typical just losing close games. The last time they played Montana, they lost by three. They've lost by five in overtime twice, by four, by four each of the last two games. So, yeah. I mean, they've actually been in games. Yeah, I don't know. I think Montana needs to make another statement tonight, or on Saturday night, excuse me. I think, I think if they do, then all of a sudden now they have a chance to really take some real, real, real momentum down the stretch. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. The top four teams on the women's side all won last night. Montana State is now twelve and one. Northern Arizona is ten and four. Idaho is nine and four, and the Lady Grizz are nine and five, alone in fourth place. They've now won three straight. Have the Lady Grizz. Montana State, by the way, has won eight in a row. They're just put on a clinic at this point. And uh, the Lady Grizz, they beat Weber State, who is just so bad. Weber and Eastern are just they're they're really, really bad. Well, on the women's side of things, so now. Montana State will go win at Weber tomorrow, yes. and the Lady Grizz have to go to Idaho State and try and avenge what is, I think, their worst loss of nah, this season. Nah, I know Colorado home was their worst loss of the season. Well, Idaho, Idaho State has more talent, but it was a historic win for Idaho State when they were in Missoula last time, so there certainly is some extra motivation. So we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting game, but they're, uh, only, a ga- they're only separated by a game. Idaho State right now, a game behind the Lady Grizz, so a huge game for uh, Montana in that sense to create some separation between them and fifth place, which, of course, is the cutoff for the bye. We'll take a break. It's a Friday. We like to have some fun on a Friday. Well, every day, but Friday especially. How about Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports? Next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, 
Visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Well, boys and girls, it's Friday, uh, the best day of the week. Am I right? Am I right? And uh, why is it the best day? Well, because we get to do this every single Friday. It's the chick who doesn't know sports, doesn't know about sports. I'm still a little confused whether we're using the word about. In any case, it doesn't matter. It's brought to us by our friends over at the Iron Grizz. Carolyn in studio with us. We are going to have a giveaway, by the way, to the Iron Grizz uh, wine tasting every single Friday, we'll give it away for Wednesday's wine tasting, so uh, we'll we'll fill you in on that stuff in a moment, but right now, hi, Carolyn. Hello. Happy ha- Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Uh, can uh, I know this is your segment. You usually get to talk what you want to talk about, but mm-hmm. what, can we just do some therapy for you here? No, no, we cannot. You're going to Calgary tomorrow. Yes. And you're feeling like separation anxiety because your children and your husband are not going with you. They're going skiing this weekend, I presume. Right. You're going to visit your family, your father, your yep. brother. My dad and brother. Calgary. Yeah. And this is just. It's very hard. I mean, I'm very excited to see them, but I just hate leaving my little group. I'm sorry. I just do. You don't need to apologize for that. I just want to try and help you, Thank you. with the nerves. You're going to you. be okay. They're going to be okay. I hope so. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> Thank you. Kokanee or? Uh, no, my dad and brother will drink Kokanee. Oh. I will drink wine. Oh, of course. And okay. maybe a mimosa on Sunday hey. because I don't have to parent. That's right. So How about that? You will oh, see. Well, depending on your brother. Well, you know, definitely he, have to parent my brother. Yeah. But that's, he might end up in a spot where he's actually going to be more work than your two sons might have. Probably. Yeah. He usually is. All right. Uh, Carolyn, what do you got for us today? Well, I have a lot. Oh. I'm going to start with my favorite story of the week. Russell Wilson's hair. <laughs> have you seen it recently? Yeah. He's been growing it out for a little while and now he's kind of, it's long enough now where he can pull it back like almost in a quasi Pat Riley deal. It's interesting. Um, I like him better with a short haircut. Yes. Um, but what I really like is that he's totally made fun of himself on Instagram Mm. and he has, he has heard people talking. A real sense of humor. He's got a real sense of humor. I still don't get it. What's your issue? You haven't seen his hair? Hasn't it sucked the whole time? It's really it's bad to right his now. Face, so I choose to not look at it. <laughs> oh snap! Man, why are you so bitter? You just walk in here, I, just fire it off of people's looks. It's Valentine's Day. I haven't Day. liked Russell Wilson since the moment I laid eyes on him. And the very open, considerate person you turn out to be. He sounds like me with Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I suggest you go look at his uh, Instagram. In his stories, he has superimposed his face onto Prince. Michael Jackson. Okay. It's pretty hilarious. All right. But I would I would really appreciate if he's listening, if he would just go ahead and shave that head. You know, uh, he's married uh, to Sierra. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And Tom Brady is married to... Uh, Giselle. Giselle. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Giselle. Okay, thank you. That's just how I feel like she just sounds. And the there time. are times where guys who are athletes that get into sort of the fashion pop side of things with their significant others 
get a little too far out over their skis. I have seen Tom Brady yeah. walking down with some hair and Ugh. some like turtleneck things going on where I'm like, look, I'm sure it all costs 50 grand for you to look like this, but you knock know, it off. Not that I'm the guy who's, you know, breaking any ground again on the fashion front, but I can judge with anyone. I not mean, as much as Coulter, obviously, the, who plaid pants. hates from the moment he sees people. Well, I do have the plaid yeah, pants. That's I mean, true. those are pretty fancy. 1995. That's what it costs. From me. Chess King? Oh, you? I thought you got him in 1995. Chess King? Wasn't that the name of that store in the 90s? <laughs> Where, like, Maybe in Toronto <laughs> or Chicago. It was a thing. I tell you. Okay. Anyway. What else you got for us, Carolyn? Um, LeBron and Jordan's basketball card. sold. Do you know how much it sold for? No. Cold. Is there like a combined? Like Yes. It features the, the two NBA, NBA logo patches from their jerseys. Wow. Okay. Guess how much it sold for? 10 grand. Cold. 100 grand. Warmer. Two hundred fifty grand. Nine hundred thousand dollars. I believe it. What? I believe it. I why mean, any, would, any and everything's worth what they're what you pay for, right? True. But what? Who would pay why, that? Why is a diamond worth so much? Because it's pretty. But also because it's rare, <laughs> right? I guess. Well, I mean, precious metals are the more the, the more expensive the metal, the more rare it is within the earth, right? I guess I look at resale. Are they going to be able to sell this for more than $900,000, whoever bought it? Yeah. Well, this is that's an interesting question because cards are worth money because of the how rare they are. So if that's a one out of one, that card will gain value forever as long as it still exists. Hmm. If it was a one out of two, it actually would have a better chance of gaining value because if one of the two was destroyed, then the other one would theoretically double in value. Whoa. Mind blown. Or also, you could buy a very nice home and live your Thank life there you. in peace and That's happiness. That's what I'm saying. Presumably, if you're spending, uh, you know, six figures headed towards seven on this, you probably have a house already. Would be I my would guess. Hope so. you're like, you know what? Forget it. I'll stay in the van. I yeah. gotta have that card. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me. There are some really dumb people out there. Well, I mean, there are. Yes. But, you know, if they took my money managing class available <laughs> right. online. For all, all the rookies, all the rookie <laughs> yeah. professional athletes and uh, sports uh, right. memorabilia That's collectors. Right. That's right. There. Okay. Um, Staples Center is selling tickets to Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant's memorial. And fans are not happy. They, they think it should just be a like a first come, first serve deal, but yeah. free to attend. They, now, the money is going to charity, yeah. but that not only are they for sale, but you can buy them for $24.02 to symbolize their numbers or up to $224, That's meaning, it. meaning like the more money you have, obviously, the better seats you have at the funeral. I just think that's kind of crazy. Discuss. How, I mean... How crazy is it that it costs probably a hundred times more to sit courtside at a Lakers game than to go to a legendary Lakers funeral? It's pretty crazy. I think they have to sell tickets because of the... It would just be a free-for-all if you didn't have tickets, right? I feel like there's other ways they could well, do it. You have to you have can, tickets. You could have a have ticket, but you don't have to sell a ticket. Yeah. I, I understand that. But let's be clear. This is a memorial, okay? This is not the funeral. The funeral had was had with yes. the family and and uh, Kobe and Gigi were laid to rest. So that is done. This is sort of the public um, professional 
memorial. I mean, that's yeah. that's what it is. And so in that respect, like if this was the thing, and I, I'm not saying that family certainly won't be there and so forth, but, you know, this is this is for sort of everybody because of that, to me, the public person that Kobe Bryant was and the impact that he had. So, you know, if the fact that the money is being done in this way to go to things. I, I would think, I would hope that Kobe Bryant, maybe his very own foundation yeah. or whatever, that sort of thing, that doesn't bother me all that much. Uh, you know, and, and the the only thing is, is that like, you know, there's no, you can't put a price on how much he met to some individual people. And yet now there's, you know, people who aren't going to be going because of this or whatever. But the fact is the demand is so extreme that they're like, whether they were free, whether they were, a thousand dollars a piece. It's you know it's going to be completely and totally attended. So you know I don't know. I don't have I, I don't have a problem with that as long as that money's being used in that way. Yeah, I mean I, as long as it goes to charity. But I I do feel for people who can't afford that and they want to go be a part of that memorial. And you know he meant a lot to a lot I mean, of people. If it so. was free, truly, the likelihood that you're getting it is still extremely low. Exactly. I mean it's just going to be such high desire to make yeah. to be there for that. Well, yeah. You know, it's what it is. LA officials are asking people to not go. <laughs> They're basically saying, watch it on TV, please. So the scene outside the stable center is what's going to be fascinating. I know. I'm so interested to see what happens just moving forward because more than any other celebrity death, they've never really had a, a relic that is a home like a stadium. So what if this just becomes a Kobe shrine? In some ways, that would be cool. In some ways, it would be very strange. If all of a sudden, yeah. I mean, people are laying all their mementos out and then there's like a shrine to Kobe. I mean, it would be cool, but you also have to understand it's a multi-purpose facility, house, homes, houses two NBA teams, as well as, you know, concerts. And right. I, I do the hockey team play there too. The hockey team plays there. So, I mean, that yeah, that would be wild. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. They also said there's there's nothing planned for outside the Staples Center, but people are still going to show up. Yeah, you would think they would put it on. They have screens outside yeah. Uh, yeah. attached to the building, so I would think they would have it on at the least. But, yeah. Okay. Anything else you got well, for us, Carol? Well, yeah, I got a little funny story about Charles Barkley. I just love him. I mean, he just cracks me up. How can you not love He's Charles? hilarious. Yes. He. Uh, someone asked him about players if smoking pot during the season. And he said, I've had pot like five times. It just makes me want potato chips. I hope you're doing it for the right reasons. If you're not, you're a druggie. So <laughs> I just wanted to leave you with that. I just think he's so funny. He is very funny, candid, honest, open. And, uh, and that is probably why he is so much more. This is true, right? I mean, a hundred times more beloved and liked now than he ever was at any point in his professional career as a player. Mm. Come on. I don't know. He was pretty popular in Philadelphia. But when he played for Phoenix and he, he had that whole ad campaign about not being, you know, um, anybody's An idol or idol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people were mad. They thought, you totally. know, and Coulter loved, loved in Philadelphia, right. not in the uh, United States world at large, right, though? Yeah, but my Charles Barkley turned the corner during the first Dream Team because the only person that Michael Jordan has ever truly been chummy with in public is Charles Barkley. And the whole world was like, oh, man. Maybe we this should guy, like him. Ahmad Rashad. 
Well, right. Good point. But I think everybody was kind of like, oh, Michael likes Chuck. We like Chuck. And then Michael Jordan had the greatest finals in the history of the NBA, dismantling Charles Barkley, who had probably the second greatest finals in the history of the NBA. And no one remembers that part because the Bulls won in six. But still, all I'm saying is what he has done as a commentator and, and you know, as a, a, a guy on what is by far the best studio sports show that exists on, you know, NBA Tonight on TNT. Is it NBA Tonight? Inside the NBA? In, oh, I thought it was inside the NBA. Inside the NBA. Inside the NBA. The NBA. Whatever. Look, TNT who knows steal. about yeah. sports yes, now, yes. huh? Uh, all I'm saying is that all of that stuff and the golf and everything, the, it's just he is he has become a a caricature figure of of what people like i mean cuz he's said stuff even recently that people are like charles i mean you can't really say that but if anybody else says it they're you know they're social pariah and they have to go away and charles goes you know all right i mean i meant it but i didn't mean it to be mean what's the next thing all i want is potato chips when i smoke I'm going to give you a hot take right now. Okay. I think oh, I like boy. Charles Barkley more than Michael Jordan. That's fine. I thought you guys would be shocked. No, there's a lot of people. With, that That's interesting because the popularity of those two have gone in opposite directions. And by and large, Michael Jordan is almost irrelevant in, in terms of likability and no, pop culture. No. There's still plenty of people like you that like him, but who controls what's popular? People between the ages of 12 and 23, most people between the age of 12 and 23 have no opinion about Michael Jordan, besides what their dad and their coach tells them. Him, he has gone away because he wanted to go away and live a life behind the scenes by and large. Nonetheless, the Jumpman logo is at or crossing thresholds uh, and, and, and taking over ground in that arena, in the apparel arena greatly, and still his impact, whatever he says or does something, is is massive. But popularity in terms of likability or whatever, yeah, it is gone. It is gone, not south, but it's not what it was when he was a player, whereas Charles is significantly more. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 